0: This is where real and virtual motorsport meet. From the ITA studio, to the paddock, to the sim rig, pull up a chair, pour a drink, this is the Into the Apex Podcast. Into the Apex Podcast.
1: And Into the Apex is back in the studio after four weeks on the road. And uh, we're really excited to have a guest with us as soon as we get back into the studio. Uh, Nick Loymans has joined us uh, from Ottawa, Canada. Uh, and he was actually uh, with us on the road, and we didn't even know it at the time. We didn't run into each other, but we were watching him drive in Watkins Glen uh, for the IMSA Michelin Pilot uh, event there. A uh, driver of an Audi TC car and uh, somebody that started in sim racing. And it caught my attention because of a Reddit post. Uh, talking about that start in Watkins Glen uh, and kind of describing the the rise from sim racing. And anybody who listens to this show, including all of us, uh, know that that's, that's right up our alley. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for joining us on the show tonight.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh,
1: really, I kind of want to start at the beginning. I feel like it's there's a progression to talk about, and uh, I'm interested in hearing the start of sim racing. Because I mean, obviously, you're interested in racing to have gotten into sim racing. I'm interested to hear that jump from interest in racing to getting into sim racing.
2: Yeah, we have to go way back. So (laughs) um, it started with my dad. Uh, So like, during my childhood, um, I think the first F1 race that I can remember, you know, my dad used to go watch rallies with his friends, like he would be watching F1, you know, every weekend. And, uh, yeah, I, I can remember watching F1 in 1994. That's sort of like my earliest memory of it. Uh, you know, see, sadly also like seeing Senna's crash and then see Michael Schumacher win the title in 94. And I was hooked. I think since then I've been watching F1 with my dad, um, years and you know, every year we would go, um, to rally events together, like you know, very spectator friendly, super fun to watch. I, I, I still say that rally is my first love, um, mm. but uh, but yeah, I, I naturally sort of transitioned into uh, you know track stuff, road racing, and um, but yeah, and then then when it comes to sim racing, I think it starts as early as like twelve years old when you know we got like a good computer at home. My dad bought me Colin McRae Rally. Um, the video game and then i think you know for christmas he gave me like a logitech i think it was called like logitech wingman or something like steering wheel and pedals um so that's where it starts um now i I would say that that was casual you know like i I was playing call mccray rally eventually like toka 2 um you know some some other sims Uh, at the end of it i kind of like dipped into r factor the original r factor um but then i kind of dropped sim racing for a while like I kind of switched to console gaming I was still playing racing games on there but mm-hmm. you know with controller like much more casual yeah um but yeah then um back in 2016 I uh I was just like browsing YouTube you know like and obviously because a lot of my the content I was watching was racing related I would get sim racing um recommended videos and there was like videos by uh, by empty box um Hmm. who who some listeners might know like he he kind of stopped now but he used to do like a lot of like voiceover uh you know video recordings of his iRacing races and uh and and that's when i first you know saw iRacing and i was so impressed with the realism and like you know he was he was doing the the gt3 sprint races and you know it was 40 minutes long which like you know in the beginning seems like that's lasts forever he was doing pit stops and you know, there was strategy involved. It was like, Ooh, this is, this is cool. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how I got into it, uh, it sort of like rekindled my love for, for racing and racing games. And, um, yeah, then I bought my like thirst uh, Thrustmaster T300 setup, uh, and like a wheel stand and that's how I kind of got going into high racing. Uh, yeah, way before, way before I started thinking about real racing.
1: Rob, I think I see Rob lighten up because it's, it sounds like his his uh, progression. He's a thrustmaster driver. Okay, <laughs> hey, nice. <on> <laughs> um, so, what year was it you got into iRacing? Did you get in? Did you start with endurance? Did you do any endurance racing on iRacing? I know it was uh, we when we started. They didn't have the day-night transition even. I don't think. No. Yeah, that was that's entirely new. And then, relatively speaking, for we, us, we were beside ourselves with the realism of that. Uh, did that kind of catch your interest when they when they brought that along?
2: Yeah, I, so I joined in 2016, which was also way before the day-night transition stuff. Um, so I never did any 24-hour racing, um, but I do remember doing the the 12 hours of Sebring at one point uh, in early 2017. Uh, we won that in our in our split. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, it was like you know bright you know daylight the whole time. And I remember I think I think that year the Le Mans came. I think that was the year that Le Mans came out yeah. on iRacing and I remember watching it on, on the YouTube stream. And it's like, it just kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of stupid to watch like a 24 hour race and like, yeah. the, nothing changes because like the magic of a lot of real life 24 yeah. hour racing is like the, you know, the transitions from like day to night and then the night racing and such. So yeah, I, yeah, it's once they implemented that, you know, and now you're seeing all the like rain stuff come. It's like, it's cool. It's cool to have seen the sim evolve as much as it has. And, and you know, how many more car manufacturer deals they have now. And, you know, because when I started, they, they already had the Audi and the Mercedes GT3. I think when I signed up, those were like brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like since then now, you know, like how fast the TCR cars have like now, I think there's like five or six of them. Uh, and like the GD four car, it, it just like one after the other, like every season, there's like two or three new cars, which is bonkers.
1: Yeah. The TC cars have really blown up and I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because we'll get to a point in your story where you're obviously driving an Audi TC in real life, uh, which is a dream. Uh, but yeah, the Audi TC was really the option for TCP for folks that wanted to drive a TC and I racing. Yeah. It was that so not the, long ago. Yeah. That and the Porsche came in pretty much.
2: I actually, so I have a fun fact about that car, that exact car in iRacing. So not to get ahead of myself, but, uh, yeah. it's the, the first ever, like I own my own Audi TCR car now. Uh, but the first ever car that I drove is from a friend of mine, which is the exact one that iRacing scanned. So like we, we reached out to iRacing, um, I think when they announced that they had the the manufacturer deal for the Audi TCR, but we weren't sure if they knew they had a car to scan. So like my friend literally emailed iRacing was like, Hey, we have a car up in Canada here. Like you can come and scan it. And they did. So it's pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. sweet. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, The Audi TCR on iRacing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's gotten wide open. I mean, we got, they snuck the Veloster in there after throwing the Elantra. Um, GT4s on iRacing have blown up with the Mercedes that just came out. Uh, I'm sure eventually they'll get that new BMW GT4 out there. Um, I mean, yeah, the options for road racers, uh, they really... Uh, it pays to be into road racing on iRacing, it seems like. Yeah, and I, the, uh, I know the growing popularity of the Michelin Pilot, too. I've, I've always said <laughs> everyone here knows it's a kind of a thing of the podcast that my favorite series is the Michelin Pilot. I like the, the main... The WeatherTech series... Or I think yeah. it's changed names now, but yeah, Michelin, pilot. Um, Michelin pilot has always been my favorite. It's always been my favorite to watch. Um, I mean, for example, in, in later in August, I'll be at VIR watching. I'm going just Saturday for that race. We're not going on, on the main race day. Yeah. So that's that to me, that's become every time we go to SRO and in, in IMSA. That's the one race where if I'm if I'm there, I'm going to stop and watch that race I'll walk around and do everything else during the other racing that's the one i like to watch yeah there's something about watching the gt4s and the tcrs yeah, the, the racing the, the is TC just cars. it's incredible to me
2: yeah. to watch but I, I i completely agree like uh since i moved to canada like i've been much like i really got into like imza and like from the get-go back when it was still the continental tire challenge like mm-hmm. i was into it like i loved that series and still like you know, there's so many series to watch, and like I can't watch them all live, so I have to rewatch them on YouTube. But it's the Michelin Pilot Challenge is the one that I always like go to first. It's like, okay, yes. I definitely want to watch that race because it's it's always action packed. It's quick you know, it's for for endurance racing. It's relatively you know short races, so yeah, it's awesome.
0: That's MX5 for me. MX5 Michelin and <laughs> so
1: Yeah, I know Rob's obsessed with MX, but you really haven't. Rob hasn't really. You saw it at Daytona, but we didn't really get to see it. We saw it. The, they toned it a little bit, a little, but it was a little, kind of caution filled. Yeah, seeing it, seeing them bump draft at Mid Ohio kind of blew my mind last year. Yeah,
0: we got that to see him a little bit at Road Atlanta too. Yeah, we didn't get to see that nuts finish in race too, but it was we still got to see some of it. It was good.
1: Uh, so you get into sim racing, and obviously at some point you get into real racing. Uh, where do you make that jump?
2: Yeah. So. It's kind of like an interesting story because like it's because so i loved sim racing i loved eye racing i was like so into it and i was kind of getting to the point where i was dedicating a lot of my time to it like my eye rating was progressing oh yeah and then all of a sudden i got this like i started getting dizzy from from doing eye racing and so somehow i picked up this like really terrible eye strain that took me a long time to get over so for a while i couldn't do sim racing. Like I had to, like, I literally laid off of it like for years. Um, and uh, like, I, I would maybe do it like a little bit here and there. Um, but yeah, so I, I couldn't really do my hobby anymore. I felt kind of depressed. Like it was really, yeah. really annoying. But then I decided that, um, you know, like I, I knew there was like a, a racetrack close to Ottawa called Calabogie Motorsport Park um i decided to like buy a new car so i was like okay like let's find a car that's something that's convenient for around town but is also a car that i can take to the track so i bought myself a Ford focus rs uh, which were pretty new back then uh that was in 2017 uh, in the summer of 2017 and then yeah later that year in the fall i did my first track day at calabogie motorsport park um, you know, immediately got signed off for solo driving, like the instructor was quite impressed. Like, you know, like I was yeah. kind of taking it easy, but like, you know, he, he could tell that some of the skills that i learned from sim racing were translating over to, to real life stuff. And, um, so yeah, I did two track days that fall kind of, you know, fell in love with it. It was like, this is super cool. Like I, I want to keep doing this, but then, you know. Canada being Canada, winter comes and, you know, there's a long off season where you're not seeing any track, you're only seeing snow. And um, yeah, over winter, it was, uh, it was my boss, uh, at the company I worked for at the time, who, um, like he went to, I think, Barbados or something. And he was like, driving radicals um, there. And, you know, like, I had been going to some of the track days that, I, you know, he was when I was doing the track days in the fall, like he was there too. Like uh we were always chatting. And and so like I, I you know, he posted it on his Instagram and I like I messaged him. It's like, oh wow, that's super cool. And then he was like, Yeah, by the way, like, you know, I, I found a team uh, locally to us, like, and I want to get into like real racing. Like you should you should come and do this with me. Hmm. Um and so that was uh that those were the guys from from Tooth Autosport. Um hmm. and uh I had a call with Travis Hill, who's one of the owners of tooth autosport. And, uh, you know, he kind of asked me what my goals were and like what I was looking to do. And I kind of asked about like tooth autosport. And so they were basically, they had a few like Travis and Trevor who are brothers and, uh, they mm-hmm. both started tooth. Like they had a, have a history in, in go karting, like when they were kids and they did some, some, you know, road racing stuff. but Like now they started their own team and they had a few gentleman drivers on their roster that they kind of You know took from track days to to doing like porsche cup and some tcr stuff so now they were gonna like officially build sort of a driver development program uh and they had like two uh spec miatas um at their disposal for like driver development and that's where things really kicked off like we Mm -hmm. um so my boss and i we um you know we signed up for the driver development program and then in 2018 that was like the first year um you know, we, we had kind of like a schedule, like we had uh, certain track days, like first it was track days, just like solo yeah. driving, um, you know, doing laps, 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 then come in, look at data with like an engineer, like, and then sort of like really like learn how to get the maximum out of a car and, and myself as a driver, um, you know, learning new skills. And then like later in the year, we had like a couple of, uh, races, um, local races, regional races earmarked uh to get like our first experience and to also get our racing license um and uh yeah that's kind of where it started uh you know doing a driver development development program in spec miatas uh, with tooth autosport
1: so starting i mean getting into the track days getting that good feedback from the instructor and then getting into into that kind of hardcore training um what's it like to get into a car like that to be the driver especially to to not have somebody in the car with you at a point and it's just you the car and the track when all you've done at that point is sim racing serious sim racing with with a serious eye towards it which i know a lot of us it's the best most of us can do mm-hmm. uh, and that's why your story is is fascinating to me because it's it's gives us hope i guess but also it lets <laughs> us hear the perspective because so in bradley and i's case we've talked about uh we've not driven a car at speed on a track but we've had the opportunity with the show to get in a couple cars and at least ride, which is terrifying. Um, oh, yeah. Ride at speed on the track, which gives us such a perspective changer. Uh, so I'm interested in the perspective change when you're actually controlling the car, uh, maybe for the first time and then maybe for the first time on your own with no instructor, just in the car, and you in the car in the track.
2: Like, it, it was interesting to me that it felt so natural. Um, yeah, like it was a very natural progression from like sim, which just speaks to the realism of a lot of sims. Like obviously you don't have the g forces and the like the, the you know, you feel sort of like everything in your butt and like you, you feel what the car is yeah. doing. I think weight transfer is the one thing that was, yes, um, you know, once I started working with tooth and an engineer, it was kind of like, okay, weight transfer became a very big thing right. and very important, which is it's probably equally important in eye racing, but just because it's, you can't really feel it, maybe you don't yeah. pay as much attention to it. Um, but yeah, it felt very natural. Um, I, I do remember that the the first track that I did with an instructor was kind of like a damp track too. So there were like a couple of moments where I had to like, you know, the kind of the rear came out and you did like a little correction. And, and that's where the instructor was impressed because he was like, you obviously have the reflexes. You, you exactly know what to do. Uh, not over correct either, you know, so yeah, kind of like the the like corrected and, and back to like, you know, back to neutral position, you know, straight, straighten out the wheel again. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people maybe naturally counter steer, but maybe then lose it because they don't like yeah. reset. Um, so yeah, it felt very natural. And then, you know, the, the the instructor, apparently it wasn't common for a driver to be signed off with, you know, I think I still had two sessions left in a day, and he signed me off for solo so that he can could like use the last two sessions to go and drive his own car. He was like, oh, yes. he's like, you're fine. like you're you're doing great. Like you know, don't worry about it. like I'm gonna drive my own car, you're you're signed off. And apparently, that's not very common. so that was a, that was a great compliment. Um but yeah, like I mean, then doing it solo, it d- didn't feel any different. I think by the last session that I had an instructor with me, like he wasn't really saying anything. He was just like sitting next mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of like enjoying it. And he said, like, the, it was a very fun car to drive. I, I had it completely mm-hmm. stock at the time, but yeah, it was 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 super fun. And and he definitely enjoyed that too. Um, but yeah, and then also in the su- more serious stuff, like I think, like I said, it just felt su- like such a natural transition because like the way that you, you know, I, I back then, Calabogie, Calabogie Motorsport Park wasn't in a sim. Like now there's an aesthetic Corsa mod, which is actually, mm-hmm. um, based on a laser scan that uh, that tooth helped with so like we know that's quite accurate um but yeah back then i didn't know to track so like you know like i had to learn the track just like you would learn a new track in iRacing, racing and i think that's one of those skills that you pick up from sim racing is that when you arrive at a new track you you kind of like you go through the motions of the same things that you do in iRacing racing to learn a track you kind of like take it easy initially then figure out some breaking points that are conservative and then you sort of like mm. work your way in. Um, and, and you know, like that's the exact same approach in sim racing. So I think that's the one thing that, that I remembered vividly. Yeah.
1: It's, that's a good way to put it because I, I call, I always call that the virtual track walk that we all do, uh, sim racers and iRacers when it comes to a new track. I mean, we're obviously racing has got us. We're going to, we're going to buy that track. But when I I get standoffish with the new content, because of the process of learning the track, but I'm always satisfied when I push myself to actually get out there, and do that slow track walk. Really, I just I just just
0: overcook it into the wall over and over until I figure (laughs) it out. So that's usually me.
1: Rob starts Rob starts hard in the paint. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, Yeah, well,
1: I mean, and that's what uh, this like. For example, when we got on track uh, on track saying grade lender pace speed speed on VIR uh, about a month ago. Um, just like you said, there's a familiarity, there's a comfort being behind the wheel of a car, and everything from that perspective you know from the sim. So you automatically, when it's a track, you know from the sim, you feel comfortable. Like I, I we weren't going incredibly fast, but I felt comfortable. I will I will say this, and this is a question. I guess I'll jump into considering uh, you've been on some some actual tracks that are on iRacing, definitely Watkins Glen, but I know some others. Uh, we're always surprised. I mean, we, we drove our streetcars B- at VAR, which is, was fun for us. But even going to spectate at, say, Watkins Glen, uh, Road Atlanta, different places, um, we're always surprised by the elevation uh, in real life uh, because the, going up the S's at Watkins Glen looks so much more steep than in the sim. Because of the I mean, there's I mean, you're at some most people look at it on a 2D screen, so that would explain <laughs> that. Some people are v- rallies a VR yeah. fanatic. Yeah. Me and Rob both. But even then, really even in even VR, it's good. true.
0: Like I know whenever we got to the first spot we watched from at Petit to watch the race start, was going down through the S's and up the hill, and like up that hill to the left hander. Like I didn't know where we were on track. I was looking at it and I thought the cars were going backwards around the track and i was looking i was like what's going on here and it's just that's how much the elevation was there that the sim even in vr it just doesn't sell it i don't know if maybe that's just because i'm too focused on what's right in front of my car as opposed to looking up track to where you might notice that a little more but uh that was the first thing i noticed was like the elevation in real life is just like holy shit (laughs)
1: that's that's something we always comment on so yeah nick i'm interested in your perspective when you get in the car uh at a track for that you've been on in the sim you get in there in real life for the first time. The elevation perspective.
2: Yeah, it's that's the one thing that I forgot to mention. I think maybe at Calabogie, since I hadn't done that that track in sim, like I, I didn't necessarily have a perspective. But once I went, I think the one of the first races outside of Calabogie that I did was at Road Atlanta. I did a, a Champ Car race, oh. um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, the elevation, and then which. You know, which then brings the fear factor, because yeah. like that's where things get scary. Is like elevation and and what I vividly remember from Road Atlanta is, you know, I had done so many laps of Road Atlanta on iRacing. It's it's probably my favorite track in the world. And uh, turn twelve, last last turn up to start finish, is proper scary in real life. Whereas like on mm-hmm. iRacing, like. You don't even think twice about it you full throttle it through there in like a gt3 car <laughs> yeah. or like a <laughs> mx5 but like in real life that was like yeah that that was because that wall is right there like that big concrete yeah. wall and i remember yeah. in the, the first champ car race like on the practice day like someone you know just like put it in the wall there like at the end of practice mm-hmm. like which was like the day before a 14 hour race like totaled their car like it was so gut wrenching to see, and um, but yeah, and and then you know, like later on, I went to tracks like uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, um, you know, which is also like about three hours away for me, and that is just a. I don't know if you've ever been to that track. It's like it's a very simple layout, but like I think that's the most elevation change that I know. Of. I mean, like maybe even in North America between uh, yeah. like like the you know the the top of the track and the bottom of it like uh, mm. Moss Corner is, is the bottom of it. And like that section is just, it's like a roller coaster, it's so fast. Mm. And like that that's really where like I, you know, that this scaredness came in quite a bit and you really had to sort of get a lot of laps in your book to, to sort of feel confident at that track to push it. That's, it's, it's actually
1: very cool that you make that point. We talked to a, a Honda TC driver in the SRO and he said that that particular corner at that track was the gut check corner. Yeah. So that's now two drivers that in real life yep. that, that describe it that way. It's
2: that's, turn that, four. It's it's a turn four the left-hander, sort of like leading up like the downhill left-hander. That's yeah. just like yeah. it's a completely blind corner. Like you, you oh. come over top and it's completely blind, and then it it's and it's it's also always the corners that are not quite full throttle that are the scariest. Because like yeah. there's so many corners where it's like full throttle and you know it's full throttle and you don't really think twice about it. But then that corner, at least in a in a TCR, is like you need like a little lift. Um, but like it starts with like a big lift and then, (laughs) and then you try like, and like every time, like I remember in the beginning and even like last year I did a lot of racing there. And, uh, I would look at the data with my engineer and he's like, Nick, you're lifting too much. Like, why do you lift so much? I'm like, dude, it's so scary. Like, it's it's not that I don't want to, it's just like, I just need to work my way up there and get the confidence first.
1: Uh, we had that feeling just driving fast carts. I can't imagine a car at speed. <laughs> the fear factor. I the don't know. carts
0: are, are scary in their own right, man. Because you got nothing around they you. Are. You're so close to the ground. Like it feels yeah. faster than you're going. There's That's carts true, are special yeah. in that, that sense. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah. We're, yeah. Riley and I are going through a carting revolution right now. Cool. So we're we're just mentally going through something with carting. Um, so you uh ch- you get in the champ car. I I know that you drove some champ car races. Um you were with Tooth kind of jumping back into the progression that takes you to ims and Michelin Pilot. Yep. Um, where does it, where does it go uh, over the years there from Tooth to uh, and, and beyond?
2: Yeah. So like, so when we started the driver development program in the Spec Miata, as we did a few endurance races uh, locally, those went really well. Um, and then, yeah, like Tooth at the time would do a lot of um, champ car and that, and that was usually their formula to sort of, get drivers comfortable uh, in long races get drivers comfortable with like race tracks outside of canada so like champ car the cool thing about champ car is that it's a amateur endurance series which is quite accessible i mean i'm not saying it's cheap but like for right. in the realm of racing it is quite cheap but it goes through like all the iconic tracks it goes to daytona it goes to watkins glen it goes to like an like all these awesome tracks so It's, it's great preparation. And so Tooth uses that as a development tool. And so, yeah, in 2019, um, in February, we went to Atlanta to, to go do road Atlanta, 14 hour, um, and you know, like just amazing, like, you know, going through down through the S's like, it's, it's such a cool track. And I think we were about probably 80 cars on track. (laughs) Uh, so it's a big field in these Champ car races. Like there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's also a lot of, uh, caution. So you really get into the rhythm of that, like, you know, yellow flags, cautions, okay, restart. And like the first couple of times I remember getting caught by the restart, you know, like Mm -hmm. someone that I had just worked, you know, a couple of laps to like pass, like all of a sudden, like was. Sh- you know, shoot it straight by me. It's like, God, God, God damn it. <laughs> like, even though like my, my guy on the radio is saying like, green, 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 like, you know, you're on the back straight still, but mm-hmm. you know, it's green, uh, you get caught. And so like, it's, it's great to get into the rhythm of that. And so that year, yeah, we did road Atlanta, then in April, I went to Daytona, uh, which was sadly, we had a lot of car issues there, but still like amazing. Like I, I really I don't know if I really love Daytona that much uh, before, you know, from like doing it in a sim, but then going there in real life, like it's, oh, yeah. it definitely holds a special place in my heart. And I definitely can't wait to go back. Um, so yeah, Daytona then did Watkins Glen in June, uh, then was able to do Indianapolis, uh, in July uh, 4th mm. of July weekend. Um, oh, wow. yeah, that was, that was like a big one for champ car. I think it was the first Sunday we were doing that like a two day, like a two, two days, 10 hours each day of, uh, endurance racing at Indianapolis, which was amazing. Mm. Um, so I, I took it all in that year. I, I, think I allocate a lot of budget towards like doing all these champ car races, uh, then in this, so then we're in July of that year in August. So, at the end of 2018, uh, my boss, uh, bought his Audi TCR car. And that was like, we knew that that was the thing that we were gonna progress to. Um, mm-hmm. so at the end of 20, 2018, after doing some of the spec me auto stuff on a track day at in the fall, like I did my initial laps, like a, a couple of laps or a couple of sessions in a TCR car. And it was like, obviously super impressive to like, you know, go from like driving basically converted streetcars to like this like factory built race car with a lot of buttons yeah. on the steering wheel and and you know th- that felt serious and that was like a, a dream come true because mm. you know like i i'm sure you talk to a lot of drivers like a lot of them started with like go-karting whatever like i i'm mm-hmm. just like i keep saying this and this is also why i say on reddit and other communities like i'm i'm yeah. one of you guys like i'm i yeah i started as a fan and i've been a fan for like 30 years and then I found my way into the, was lucky enough to find my way into the real stuff. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it, that was, that was a crazy moment to then be driving like a, a factory race car. Um, but yeah, then the next year in August, like I did my first, uh, race in TCR as part of my development. Um, so here in Canada, we have Mont Blanc, which used to be a Grand Prix track back in the sixties. Uh, at a few F1 events, it's like, it's probably one of the coolest tracks I've ever done. And sadly, because of, you know, like they have, it's kind of like Laguna Seca where like, they get a lot of noise complaints. They don't have a lot of base <laughs> where you can go racing there. Like there's a basically yeah. a, a, a village, like a, a, a ski town plus like in the summer, kind of like a cottage town, uh, there, like right next to the racetrack. So they can't really do a lot of events. And, uh, but like they have a, like a summer classic event that they do. And it's just like a mishmash of cars. Like it's like old GT3 cars, GT4 cars, Cup cars, Ferrari challenge cars. And then we were driving a TCR in that race. And uh, that was my first experience in, in the TCR, you know, except for a few uh, track days. And um, yeah, amazing. Like I, same thing, it just felt so natural. Like it's a very easy car to drive. Uh, also very scary track, by the way. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it felt natural. And then after that TCR race, um, we did an endurance race at Canadian tire motorsport park that year. That was sort of the, the big goal for that year. It was like a three hour event that my boss and I were going to do together in that car, um, things didn't go according to plan, but we still got like a top four or something. Um, and like tooth at this point has like quite a couple of TCR drivers, different cars. So like. I think we had three cars in that race so it was cool to like race against the other guys um that are racing with tooth and to sort of like see where i stack up because like those guys that year were doing canadian uh canadian touring car championship um so it was kind of cool that to see that you know even though i hadn't had that many tcr events under my belt i was quite close i was like within a second of them um so that was encouraging and sort of it was cool to see that you know okay I you know even though I don't have a lot of experience I still clearly have something in me like some talent um, where I can you know progress pretty quickly and then later that year I still did uh, Laguna Seca at the end of the year in mm. Car. that was that, that's where I got my first win uh, so that was oh, wow. super super cool uh where like even though we were like in the slowest class car because it's Laguna Seca because it's so technical it's not yeah. super high speed like and the, we were driving uh, a 92 Honda Civic, which is uh, literally yeah. set up like a go kart. It's like the thing is so <laughs> fast in corners. It's like so stable. And oh, like, wow. we, we were just like outclassing everyone in that car there. And uh, yeah, that was and like, so crazy that in a year, I think I did like seven or eight racetracks in my second year of racing. Um, and all like legendary racetracks too. So super cool. Yeah. yeah, the the tracks I'm hearing. Go ahead, Rob. I was just
0: going to say, I've, if there was one track that I could have iRacing scan today, it'd be Mont Tremblant. I've yes. never seen cars race on it, but I've been to it and it looks insane.
1: I feel like I need to Google it because as a non-Canadian and we have two Canadians here with us, I don't know what you're. T- I don't know the. Yeah, track. I don't either. Actually, I feel ashamed. And there's another. Shame.
0: There's another. Shame. There's another track in Quebec that I'd like to see do it. Doesn't get used anymore. I think it's Sanye or something like that. Well, it's like a try. It's like a trioval oval or something like that. The uh, card okay. like series used to go to it. It was really good. Oh, card. Okay. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna have to look up this track that, that you guys it's, are talking about.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's like in in the hills and and it's proper old school. Like you know, not a lot of runoff. Uh, like you know, sort of like you go like turn one is like is quite uphill, and then you go over a crest, and then like immediately back downhill and it's really cool, and and f one used to go like was there in like I think back in the sixties, yeah, long time ago, a couple now. of countries. like long a long time ago,
1: yeah,
2: uh, and that's what it was initially built for, i think, and yeah now now it's still o- owned by lord stroll um he he owns a track um but yeah oh, wow. yeah i'll
1: I'll do the research post show for sure about that, yeah Rob, Rob will make sure yes i will, have. yeah um and you know, and just to go back to the point that you made about uh experience and, and feeling success on the track or feeling like you stack up to people with different introduction to the sport and different levels of experience. I think every, most sim racers, most iRacers in particular, um, like to hear that because I think there's a lot of us, all of us here included who would love to know. Now, obviously you didn't, you had other experience before jumping right in the TC, but a lot of us would know, would love to know, but just based on sim experience alone. If you drop us in a TC car or any other car, explain how to turn the thing on, <laughs> and then put us on track. How would we stack up? Um, and that's there's a lot of people I think that would that would relate to the feeling of that success. That it, hey, it yeah. works. There's some obviously there's other experience in your situation, but that sim experience in its own right. Um, and how it factors into that success, how you feel about it. I feel like the, would you say it's right that the, the racecraft experience maybe translates?
2: Absolutely. Like it's, I had no, you know, like I, I had no racing experience prior to doing some of the spec Miata racing that I did. And it just, again, felt so natural. Like I, I I remember in my first ever race, I did an overtake and I'm still like, it's probably still my best overtake. And I was like, That was my first race. And, and it was like, it was like one of those where I was driving against the faster car in a straight line, but through the the corners I was faster. Uh, and so like I, this, the overtake that I did was like into turn two at Calabogie. And it's like, you you first have like a long straight turn. One is like a really fast left-hander. And then you have like a hard braking zone into basically a 90 degree right hander. And, uh, he was so slow in that turn one, like he was kind of scared of that turn, whereas like in my spec miata, I was like, you know, nailed to the ground, like the thing just like went. <laughs> and so, but every time, like previous laps, I was like trying to set it up. And but I like every time in turn one, I was basically too close to him that I had to like break. And then I didn't have enough power to basically try to like, you know, move on the inside in turn two. So after a while, I kind of figured out, okay, I need to leave a bit of a gap so that I can make up the space into turn one and then like dive on the inside and in turn two. And that's exactly what I eventually did. And it's like, and I think I impressed some of my engineers and, and coaches. It was like, wow, that's like a proper overtake in your first yeah. race. So, and it's, but I, I have a theory that I think sim racers are more equipped to, you know, go and drive real cars. than you know, then obviously people that don't do it, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so natural, like you you learn so many skills from sim racing. And I think even to this day, there's so much from sim racing that is an advantage to me. Like I I have a lot. So a lot of the, the teammates that I have, they didn't start in sim racing. And, um, I think the, the, the reason why my progression was so quick Uh, was because of sim racing because like I had, I had all these like tools in, in my bag and it was just a way to sort of like figure out how to translate them to real life. And, you know, before they knew it, I was like faster than them. And now that they do the same events as me, where like you go to IMSA and you have two free practices that are an hour long. You don't have a lot of time to get comfortable and like that that's the main problem that i see with some other gentleman drivers like you know drivers that got into racing later in life is that they need a lot of time to get comfortable Mm. um, and and get the confidence to push whereas like i feel because of my sim racing background i i know how to learn a track i know how to get comfortable i know how to get up to speed pretty quickly and that's the thing that like is now an advantage to me uh in real racing
1: yeah, and it gives you uh, a lot of more valuable seat time. Like you said, there's seat time is precious in a condensed weekend where they're moving multiple series around, and there's a tight schedule. Mm, there may certainly. be multiple drivers to to sh- share that time with. So the seat time that sim racing gives you, although not exactly the same, uh, you get a lot for for very little, for no risk whatsoever, yeah. other than just your time. Um, and then the same thing. I mean, you. You're skipping, like you said, you're skipping a lot of steps. Uh, starting with sim racing, you learn all the etiquette of racing, a lot of the the simple things that would take you a lot more money and time certainly, in real life. Certainly, emphasis on money. Certainly, uh, I want to throw this out there and get your maybe your take on this. Uh, I think we've. Th- I feel like we, our listeners know that we've thrown this out to really every driver that we've interviewed. Um, we had David Perrell on from uh, European Le Mans. And I feel like uh, there was a take he gave, uh, to us that, uh, that sim racing lets you train and focus on the mental approach to racing without the attack on your senses that physical racing has. Um, I don't know if you have a take on that, if you would agree with that, or you may just straight up agree with that.
2: No, I mean, that, that's completely true. Like it's, mm. it, it's, you're sort of like training this muscle memory. Um, with sim racing that you can just straight up apply to real racing. And yeah, like, um, I mean, I haven't done that many, I mean, I have done like endurance racing in champ car, like doing two hour stints and stuff, but I've never really done like stints of that length in a car. That's maybe more physical, you know, like, like a TCR or a three car or mm-hmm. whatever, um, but yeah, like it's, it's, you know, sim, I mean, sim racing really also gets your heart rate going. You know, like also you need to like make these quick decisions. Like it's you, you, you're under stress. Like, I mean, th- that's the cool thing about racing is that because everyone takes it so seriously and because of the whole I rating and safety rating system, like a race is not just like, Oh, I'm just like casually going to do some laps here against other people. No, you're like your heart rate go is going like you're starting that's to sweat true. a little bit and like all yeah. of that, you know, it, it's sort of, you go through these same motions in real life and, um, and that's so cool. And so, yeah, I completely agree with David's with uh, David's take there.
1: Rob, did you have a thought?
0: Uh, well, yeah, I was just talking about if you want to get sweat.
1: <laughs> Rob, uh, Rob queued his mic up, which is lit up, and then he cut it off. Oh, he's got a distraction. Dog barking um, like madmen.
0: <laughs> anyway, I was just gonna say, like, the the when you get sweating and stuff, and like, even like it's 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 just a virtual race, like, but it feels real yeah, when you're doing you get, it. When I'm right. like, you know, I, I'm like sitting here, like, okay, I got a good chance at a podium, or I got a chance at a win, and the next thing you know, I start looking at that relative, and that number's creeping down, and I got some guy coming after oh, yeah. me, like, like, you've there's so many things that you go through, and it like in that moment i might as well be on a real track because it feels like it
1: yeah i mean i've I, and i've said before on the show um there's been times where i've been in a close battle especially if it's for the win or something like that where i've been so intently racing and the adrenaline pumps so hard i find my leg trembling <laughs> like I, we, you're we almost like yeah you grip death grip the wheel you're so laser focused um and i've i always tell myself that has to translate i mean it's <laughs> oh, yeah. it's still this uh, a mental i mean it's a sensation and it's it's competition and it's it's a lot of the same thing minus obviously the physical g-forces and things of that nature it's what keeps us hooked on it it does it is it really does And, and,
2: and and it translates again right like it's because like because you're so comfortable with that feeling in sim racing you can again like translate that to real life and like so you know when you're doing your first couple of races against real competitions like in the you know how to stay calm in those moments like you have this confidence that you have the race craft or you're like you'll know what to do um whereas like that's where i see a lot of people that get into racing without sim racing that's where they get overwhelmed like once you put them really close to other cars like that's where they sort of chicken out and um that, that's where sort of all the preparation from sim racing comes in
1: Unless you're like me at karting uh, a couple weekends <laughs> ago, and I I go with a faster kart, uh, literally literally like I racing LMP versus like a GT4, and I'm in a faster kart behind a child, and uh, <laughs> am afraid to overtake because I'm only a little bit faster on the straight because of, of my lack of experience. And this is someone who's uh, it, even for a kid has been doing <laughs> it longer than me, so can put yeah. the, put their little cart faster. And I'm hesitant to pass. If Raleigh had had headlights to flash, I would have flashed them. He would have flashed them and gone. I well, I, end, uh, I hate to say it, I ended up making the kid nervous, and he spun out. In the oh, no. Oh, no. Sorry, sorry, folks. Oh, sorry, 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 parents. Raleigh's a terrible person. But yeah, that's that is same the same feeling for me. Although sim racing gives me experience, it also gives me that respect of hey, I'm not going to dive bomb this slower class now there's plenty of i racers who have done that well dive dive bomb this 10 year old yeah I, you don't want to do that you don't want to no. yeah but uh yeah it's it, there's still a lot of things that sim racing won't p- prepare you for like that feeling of danger and risk to life limb and oh, then, property no doubt but about that still yeah. rob is laughing at that rob explain <laughs> yourself. just rob. the life
0: limb and property i got I just stick up
1: in that yeah in that <laughs> priority order <laughs> Yes. <laughs> life then limb, then Property. Yes. Uh I want to progress so we've progressed through uh the the from sim to real life. I want to get to the Watkins Glen moment. Yeah. Uh, in the Michelin Pilot series. Um I'm I'm really excited that we were we were there and we actually watched that entire race and enjoyed it. Um but I want to get to that point T- uh, talk about getting to that point in IMSA in in at Watkins Glen in the Audi.
2: Yeah, so so I guess like the part that I haven't talked about yet is my, my, uh, so 2020 year in 2021. So 2020, actually, I didn't race at all. I had some like health stuff that I had to deal with. So I kind of took a year off. I did buy my own TCR card that year. Um, so that was, that was cool. Like I-, I knew that I was like planning on, I-, I was actually like initially planning on doing the 2020, uh, CTCC. So the Canadian mm-hmm. touring car championship um, in that car, but then sort of had to cancel that. Um, and then in 2021, uh, a new series launched here in Canada called the FEL, uh, sports car championship, Canada, um, which kind of took over from CTCC, uh, and was basically the equivalent of the Michelin pilot challenge, uh, here in Canada. So GT four cars, TCR cars, but sprint racing. Um, so I entered that year with my own car, uh, with Tooth Autosport, sport. Um, and so that was my introduction to pro level racing. Like, you know, before then I had done champ car had done some like regional events in the TCR. Um, but I've, you know, I hadn't really matched up against, uh, these like pro drivers and, um, so that was a 12 race season. Um, and again, like immediately it it felt good. it, It felt right. Uh, my goal for the season was to at least get one podium and then on the second race, the first weekend. So they would do two races per weekend. The first race I sadly got crashed out, uh, by mm-hmm. someone else. Um, you know, typical like first race of the season, everyone's kind of nervous, mm-hmm. uh, turn three first lap. Um, I think one guy spun and then, you know, sort of a, accordion effect happened and I, someone behind me didn't notice that I had the break for uh, Mm. said car spinning, and then I got punted off. Um, Mm. so that was race one. That was quite sad, but then luckily in race two, I had had some luck with some cars retiring and then some really cool fights and I finished second. Um, that was my first weekend in pro racing. So that was, that was amazing to immediately get that good result in and get that, you know, podium, uh, later in that season, we did Calabogie motorsport park where obviously we have a big home advantage uh so i won my first race there like my first uh, tcr race there um and yeah i ended up finishing third in a championship that like last year um and then then we knew like we tooth and i had been talking about imsa for a long time so back at the start of 2020 uh travis hill and ron tomlinson two tooth drivers uh did the the Michelin pilot challenge race at Daytona. Um, and they gained some great experience there. Uh, and then at the end of 2021, so at the end of last year, uh, Marcus Cerrone and Travis Hill, like Marcus Cerrone has some experience in the past doing, uh, the Michelin pilot challenge a couple of years ago. Um, so, so we went to road Atlanta, um, like, I was supposed to be driving at road Atlanta, but at the last moment, like my co-driver didn't want to do it anymore. I tried to find a replacement, mm. decided to just like, you know, because I couldn't really find a replacement driver, decided to just kind of like lay off and like, Oh, we'll, we'll do, we'll do it next year. Mm. Um, but I still came to road Atlanta to just kind of like see what a IMSA weekend is like, um, you know, see it from like the pits, like, you know, see all the strategy, see all the pit stops to kind of like gain some experience, uh, that way. But yeah, then, you know, the goal this year was was IMSA. Like, I wasn't going to do the FEL Sports Car Championship Canada anymore. Uh, I was going to, you know, put all my budget in a few IMSA races. Uh, And the goal was Daytona. Um, We really wanted to go back to Daytona. Um, Two of the other drivers at Tooth had ordered the brand new Audi RS3 TCR. Um, So we were going to, like, you know, we knew that n- no other us team was going to have those cars so we were like excited to have daytona be the d- debut of those cars mm. and us uh in in the series but then sadly omicron hit uh that yeah. little, like covid wave hit and uh yeah. you know at the start of january we're having some calls with everyone and you know like we're, we're all genuine drivers and, and and that's sort of maybe where we're different where like we're paying for all of this Mm. and we were we were definitely not scared to like you know go down south and catch covet or whatever like mm. i mean it was bound to happen at some point anyway yeah but we were scared that we were gonna you know be there get sick and then not be able to race and then have so yeah. much investment uh yeah be gone so we decided that we were gonna you know when we still could we, we had some uh, you know, some costs that we couldn't recover, but like hotels mm-hmm. and stuff that we had booked that we weren't refundable. But anyway, yeah. we, we decided to cancel and, and just like, you know, I was sad because like, you know, I love IMSA. I also like love the roar, uh, before, yeah. 24. like, it's just a little yeah. of that, you know, the first event of the year, you know, and, and so I was excited to be in, in Florida for two weeks, do the roar, do the IMSA, uh, the mission pilot mm-hmm. challenge race, but yeah decided not to do it. Um, but yeah, then, uh, you know, we were planning on doing, uh, Watkins Glen and Canadian Tire Motorsport Park as well, like later in the year. So Watkins Glen was my first event then, uh, like also my first race of the season. So I hadn't mm-hmm. really raced anything. I had done uh, one track day in the new car, uh, before Watkins Glen. So, but we went to Watkins Glen pretty, pretty green. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it's. The first time is just like amazing to be part of that, uh, you know, paddock to just like walk around it and see all the cars that you yeah. see on TV and yeah, you know, talk to uh, you know the the uh, what are they called the you know the commentators you know John Hindle yeah. and and, and yes. then like have them interview me like interview me as an like ask me questions so they know what to talk about on the broadcast like yeah. you know who are you like what have you done so far like I was a complete unknown to them obviously. um you know that's just cool like you know i kind of have to pinch myself that you know all this is real and sadly that weekend it it didn't start well like we immediately had issues with the car uh like a lot of fuel issues Mm -hmm. uh like fuel and electrical uh issues Mm -hmm. and and it was clear that the the audis the new audis that audi built were really good sprint racing cars but weren't really suited for endurance racing Mm -hmm. um and, and we couldn't really get on top of it. Um, and then, so we, through practice, like I had done a few laps in practice, but like the, uh, on the straights, the car would start to sputter. And yeah. also like all the right-hand turns was the same. So I couldn't, I could practice a few left-hand turns like at speed, but like none of the right-hand turns. So like, mm. you know, I, I, at least I felt comfortable with the track, I had done a lot of like sim time. And again, like yeah. so much of sim translates over like, most of the breaking points are act- actually the same. And if, oh, and if they're not the same, at least you can like use them as an initial reference and then sort of like figure them out from there. Um, so, so yeah, but like even through qualifying, we weren't really able to set a qualifying time. So we're starting at the back and then for the race, we just threw like one last fix at it and we had a dealership, uh, in Rochester drive down like one of their demo cars that we stole a a high pressure fuel pump from and (laughs) um and put that on the race car and we had luckily we had a we didn't have a flawless race we still had some electrical issues so like the battery is basically too small and the alternator is not big enough to recharge it so oh wow we couldn't we couldn't drive with abs so like we were Mm. trying to basically turn off all the you know electrical systems that were optional Um, and luckily at at Watkins Glen, you don't really need the ABS as much. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have that many really hard braking zones that like that, that's really where the ABS is a big advantage. Um, and sort of the, you know, it's a lot of very fast corners, like light braking, so it wasn't that bad. Um, yeah, luckily we had, we had a good race. Like at least we didn't have the sputtering issues, but, um, like my, my co-driver started the race. Um, and I was like the last guy in, um, you know, his goal was just like stay on the lead lab, you know, that yeah. you know, we, we all know that in the Michelin pilot challenge races, like <laughs> you get a lot of cautions, like things yeah. happen and like, you know, that in the last hour, there's going to be caution. So like, it doesn't really matter where you are, uh, in that first hour, like you just have to stay on the lead lab. Don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Let, let the race play it, the race play out. And then, yeah, uh, with 50 minutes to go, I got into the car and then sadly, when I tried to, you know, the guys had done a perfect pit stop. Again, all mm-hmm. these guys, the crew, not much experience doing pit stops, but, like, they they nailed it. It was so amazing to see, like, a lot of practice went into it. A lot of preparation went into it. It's so cool to see the magic, you know, like, because it's... At these races, you really start to notice where racing is a team sport. You know, yeah. it's not just the drivers. It's really, like, the crew. and every, They need to know the rules. They know need to like IMSA has a lot of rules. It's, a, yeah. it's 150 pages um, for <laughs> yeah. the Michelin pilot challenge. And uh, I read them all uh, as a driver should. Um, hey, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, and, and they need to know what they can do, you know, when they can touch the car when they can not touch the car, and, and stuff like that. So they educated, uh, executed perfectly. But then when I wanted to launch off, I had an electrical glitch. And I had mm-hmm. to we had to restart the car. But because of the battery issues, the rule was we can only restart the car with a with a booster pack because otherwise uh, we might not have enough charge to like you know be able to shift gears and whatever so like yeah. so that took a while and we lost the lap uh, mm-hmm. that way and that, that was that was a bit of a bummer um but yeah anyway then resumed the race and and actually like those were then my first laps at speed at watkins mm-hmm. glen so that was quite frightening because like i because <laughs> i i got into the car right when there was a caution so then there was a restart and had like a bunch of really fast guys behind me <laughs> um so like I, I let a few by because like i knew i was a lap down anyway and i was like i need yeah. i needed some clear track to sort of figure out my breaking points yeah and then i can get going and uh, that's exactly what i did you know then started nailing down some really fast laps um cut up back to the field had a couple of fights um with a couple of guys and, and that's where i got the confidence to create like, even though Michelin Pilot Series is like a big step up, again I'm there. Like I'm, I think I can be competitive in that series, mm-hmm. um, and I think the lap time showed for it. Um, you know, again, like basically very little practice. Like race were the first laps at speed, and because of that, I was still like at the in a race like that, especially when you know you have nothing um, to win really. Like you know, it's your first yeah. event. Yeah, you you're a lap down. You've had some like car issues all race. You just basically want to finish the race. Like I'm not going to like push it like to 100%. Like so, it was kind of driving at 90% and still setting some really good lap times. So that was that was amazing. So that long long answer, but yeah, that's that's how we got I, there. That's
1: what, that's what we're here for, really. I mean, I, I was just thinking. I, I have to say, it's hearing you talk about it. I could pretty much listen all night, and it's very relatable. It it sounds. I mean, it's the moment wasn't lost on you. But uh, you describe it perfectly in how you used that moment, that unique opportunity to be in that that setting and that series on that track and that car uh, to make the most out of it in a reasonable way, in a safe way, considering the circumstances. And I, and also what stands out to me is um, the the heartbreak that it is more, it, there are more opportunities for heartbreak or disappointment, I guess I should say, problems than than sim racers experience. Uh, because even in in i racing, you don't get a flat tire necessarily. I mean, you can wear the tires yeah. to zero percent. Mechanical mechanical issues are don't, yeah, they don't have very And They certainly could. They could make it even more heartbreaking than they do sometimes uh, with the damage models. But they don't. We don't have those random failures uh, because I think people would. Maybe it's probably better. I think better, I think better for the mental health. I think the that's equipment
0: hard. and PC failures are enough for people. Just yeah, that's, right now, that's you know the know sense. I mean? That that yeah. that's that is our failures. You know what I mean? Yeah, internet
1: failures and things like that. Yeah, and kind of computer if you crashes. Want to get the immersion. Maybe that's the equivalent. Yeah. But um, I mean, I could listen to that all night. I mean, the experience of that, uh, driving and, and being on a real team in a real car at Watkins Glen. Um, it may be a cheesy question. It's, I don't know why it stands out in my mind. We, so Bradley and I were there. Um, and, uh, our favorite spot to as spectators was the bus stop. Uh, so then I, and, and we watched, I'm sure we, I know we watched you go through the bus stop. We watched both series go through the bus stop. Um, so I have to ask kind of the experience of driving through there at speed.
2: Oh, it's amazing. It's one. It's, I think it's probably the, the most fun section of that track. It's, um, cause it's like, it's like a, it's like a quick hard break. And then you try to get yourself as close to the barrier on the right side of that first curb. And then you just like basically hop over the other two curbs. It's like, it's it's so exhilarating um, to like, try to lo- launch through there with as much speed as you can. Um, and, and that's also where sometimes you really have to sort of like in, in some of the champ car racing that I've done with Tooth, like mechanical sympathy was like a very big, was was key. Um, was like okay, you know, it's a fourteen-hour race. We need to make sure that these axles and whatever—again, the, the stuff that you don't really have in sim racing—and and I've definitely thought about that a lot too. Yeah, you, you kind of need to learn to have mechanical sympathy, um, and and but then doing the bus stop in a TCR car is where you kind of have to like almost like throw that out of the window and be like, the car will be fine, but like you know, you know, you're like scraping all this like carbon and like whatever, and <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably like one of my favorite sections also, because like the carousel immediately after that. Um, but then, yeah, that, that was, and then the section afterwards, like, you know, sort of through the boot and all that kind of stuff that was, that was usually like my best sector. Like I was, I remember having a little battle with, uh, Victor Gonzalez racing Honda car. Um, and, uh, he was really quick in the first sector, like up the S's. Into the bus stop, but then afterwards, I was like on his ass the whole time. And mm-hmm. uh, but he knew I was a lap down. He he talked to me after. Oh no, it wasn't no, it wasn't the Victor Gonzalez. It was the heart racing uh, Honda. Oh, yeah. And um and and they were in the in the garage next to us. So like afterwards, we had a little chat, and and he was like, "Yeah, I knew you were a lap down, but you know, thanks for keeping it respectful." But I was still like throwing myself on the inside and, and yeah. that kind of stuff. It was it was cool, but yeah, it was <laughs> you know like that that weekend was shaping up to be a big disappointment. Uh, and going into the race, like Ron Tomlinson, uh, my, my co-driver and I, people were asking us, like, are you excited? And we were all like, we were like, <laughs> we weren't because we weren't even sure if the car was going to be able to do a lap. So it was yeah. like this sort of like, we were nervous in the sense that like, not, not because of the competitors or like the, yeah, like having to like see where you stack up against them. But just because like, is the car going to work? Like, are we going to have a race at all? um and then we ended up finishing top 10 uh in our first race out of 16 cars that was you know that was that was more you know given the circumstances more than we could ask for so
1: yeah that that's not bad at all yeah. <laughs> um where does it where from here i know it's real racing is not as reliable as sim racing in that in sim racing and endurance racing you just have to make sure your teammates set an alarm and wake up yeah i know i racers know that uh, but it really comes down to that and that's the simplicity of it um but i know it, there are more more things to go more hurdles to get over in real racing um what's the future in uh in tc racing or in really any kind of racing
2: yeah it, it's you know like for me it's it's so hard to plan for all that. It's it's kind of you have to see what the opportunities are. You need to see how much is in my bank account uh, to be able to afford it. Um, like the you know like so well, after Watkins Glen the weekend after we did Canadian Tire Motorsport Park and um, that was going to be then the next thing after Watkins Glen one of our home tracks somewhere where we could impress like where we like you know could get up to speed very quickly. But again had all those same car issues and actually ended up not starting the race because of it oh no like i i I packed my bags and left the the track like as the cars were like on you know as as the the series was doing the fan walk um i stepped into my car and drove home like i was like i i our our sister car was still driving and actually uh travis ended up leading the race for a while um which was very impressive um But, uh, yeah, I I was just like, so disappointed. So I went straight home because again, that's like, even though you're, I didn't do a single lap in the car that whole weekend. Uh, but even though I didn't, you know, sit in the car at all, you're still paying, you know, like Mm -hmm. a lot of the cost is incurred. So like, and as a gentleman driver, like that, I'm also like, I, I was able to like you know, make some good money through my career and add some financial windfall. But it, it's not that I have so much reserve that I'm like, oh, I can just like be throwing <laughs> yeah. out money. And and, and that's right. also yeah. to like to like answer your question too about the the plans. It's like I feel like for me it's it's kind of like the financial aspect really dictates how far I can go. Right. But that said, um uh, you know I haven't I haven't announced this yet anywhere, but I'm I'm gonna drop the announcement soon next week. But um i 'll be racing with uh like at road america uh in imsa in the four hour race with uh the Rockwell auto development team so that 's the the fifteen Audi so they like I've started talking to them at Watkins Glen just kind of like you know not not to like try to chase an opportunity or anything just kind of like yeah. get to know people like make friends yeah. and um like i'm originally from Belgium and uh they their pro driver is denis dupont uh who is uh who is a Belgian guy as well. So I was chatting to him. And so after uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, they reached out to me and they said like, Hey, like the lap times you did at Watkins Len really impressed us. We're looking for a third driver for road America. Like, do you, you know, do you, are you interested? And then, then we talked budget and stuff and, you know, we, we came to an agreement. So yeah, now, uh, I'll be joining that team as a third driver. Like, the nice thing about that is that you know they use an Audi, the Gen One Audi TCR. It's a car that I know that I own myself, like so I, I know it very well. I have a lot of experience in it. So that's those are the kind of people that they look for. And you know, because I have some budget of my own, and I clearly have some talent, and you know I can kind of get up to speed very quickly. Like I think that makes me potentially like an interesting you know driver for a lot yeah. of teams. So like that, that's kind of like where I now have to figure things out. Like, okay, where do I fit in the driver market basically?
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and um, yeah, so, so that's the, that's the next race, uh, you know, definitely not planned, uh, but one of those opportunities when it comes up, you, you're just like, I have to go for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then later in the year with, with tooth, we're planning potentially to do road America, uh, road Atlanta uh, in the Michelin pilot challenge. And then. We'll be doing the 24 hours of Sebring, uh, in the 24 hour series. Um, that's like, yeah, that's super cool. Like I've never done a 24 hour race, like to do that then in a TCR car too. Like that's going to be absolutely wild. And And that's also gonna, the cool thing about that will be that there's all these other guys at tooth that I've been racing against. And that I've been racing out He's like now like the the five or six of us will like team up and like, you know, drive in one car. And like, that's going to be a cool experience to do it all together. Um, And then, yeah, next year, like hopefully I'll finally make it down to Daytona uh, for that Michelin Pilot Challenge race. And then I kind of have to see where it goes from there. Like. Um, I think, I think if, um, I'm, definitely trying to look for sponsorship and such as well to like, uh, make this all a little bit more affordable for myself and to, mm-hmm. to really pursue maybe, you know, the dream would be to do a full season of Michelin pilot challenge. And the yeah. dream dream would be to eventually do the 20, like the Daytona 24. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see, I, I have some backup plans too, to like, so like, uh, since I'm originally from Belgium, I definitely want to go racing in Europe as well. And. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if my calendar allows it, like if, if maybe next year I'm not doing as many events in Inza or locally, then maybe I'll go and try and get my Nurburgring permit, um, oh, yeah. um, to maybe eventually work my way towards the Nurburgring 24. Um, mm. that's like the dream race for me, um, yeah. is like the Nurburgring 24 hours. So, and I, and I think there, you know, like, I don't necessarily always have to drive a tcr car or whatever like there's also like classes that are a little bit more affordable so you know and and you know it's the Nurburgring, it's the north life like i don't want to maybe maybe it's better to drive a cheaper car something <laughs> yeah that's a little bit slower so um it's just, it seems like a scary track but i'm going back home to visit my family in in october so I definitely want to like go to the Nurburgring, ring rent a car there and like at least do a few laps of the track so i've kind of like got a feel for it in real life because I've done hundreds of laps on iRacing. But oh, yeah. again, that elevation change yeah. will yeah. make things very different. So yeah, uh, a so, lot yeah. of elevation. That, that, so, track differences. Just,
1: that track still terrifies me. Uh, yeah. For some reason I can learn the first half, but not the second. half. <laughs> is the way it, it seems to be. Um, I, I'm very excited about uh, your future in, in IMSA and beyond. Um, we'll be at road Atlanta. So if you guys are there, we'll have to stop by your paddock. Yeah. Um, our, our whole crew will be at, uh, at Rhode Atlanta and we'll have a, we'll have a, a convoy of a crew at Daytona in, uh, January. So I certainly feel like we'll catch up with you in the paddock, uh, before too long. Uh, exactly. wow. And sim racers, I think we found a driver to pull for. Um, I mean, really I could listen to you all night talk about this because it, it sounds like if any of us got this opportunity and took it as seriously as you do, um, Wow. Uh, I appreciate so much your time tonight. I can't believe we've gone almost over an hour. I think that's a record under the apex uh, for a guest. Um, Thanks so much for joining us, Nick. Everybody check him out at Twitter. Follow him at N-I-L-O, Nick Loymans, L-O-O-I-J-M-A-N-S to spell it for you. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us tonight.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, I, I, and I love talking about this. Like I could talk about this all night. So yeah, like I always encourage people to, to like, come up to me in a paddock. Let, let's talk racing. Like I'm, I'm one of you guys. Like I love this stuff. So I'm also happy to share the the stories and share all the info too, to like maybe help people out.
1: Well, I hope we catch up with you uh, in paddock, perhaps in Rhode Atlanta or somewhere here soon in North America. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Uh, into the apex on the road coming up in nashville in less than a month we're three weeks away from it uh, it's sponsored by pro Kart concepts and uh, rob and bradley i think i think we're maybe close to going endurance karting before too long yeah i think you we're on think the precipice so? rob? rob are you going to fly to north america i will fly north? if
0: you guys name the date for an endurance karting race i will be there rob, I'll mortgage bradley my says, future
1: bradley says he's not physically ready to go karting uh pro Kart concepts provides top tier karts uh, parts, consumables, and service to the tri-state karting scene. Uh, they provide str- trackside support. Uh, they work out of Pittsburgh International Race Complex, and if you need proof of what these guys know, uh, check out last week's episode, because Bradley and I went to Pittsburgh and uh, tried it out for ourselves, uh, that you could buy carts and parts there. Dan and Eric know pretty much everything they're talking about, and uh, they're going to be with us uh, on the road uh, for all the On the Road series, uh, continuing with Nashville, VIR, and uh, the Petite Le Mans race coming up in the end of uh, September. Uh, we'll be right back here on Into the Apex.
0: Don't go anywhere. More Into the Apex is coming up.
1: Setups, whether you love them or hate them, they're one of the most important elements in sim racing. However, so many of us don't have time to painstakingly tweak every value to create a good setup. Never mind the hours of work required to find game breaking exploits to make you even quicker. The Coach Dave Academy has created competitive iRacing setups developed by professional sim racers and engineers that are designed to enhance your performance in the most popular sim racing game in the world. Receive new setups for iRacing season, car and track combinations every week, giving you the time and pace to be able to focus on racing on the track, rather than being sat in pit lane. All the setups follow real driver feedback and come with MoTeC data and replay files, helping you improve not just your car setups, but also your driving technique. The best part? When you sign up, the first week is free, which means you can test the setups for yourself before committing to a monthly membership. Check them out at coachdaveacademy.com forward slash iRacing. That's coachdaveacademy.com forward slash iRacing. This episode is brought to you by the racing fans at Great Hire HR. Whether you're hiring one employee or 100, Great Hire will help let you keep doing what is important, running your business. For more information, visit greathirehr.com. You've just achieved your greatest accomplishment as a sim racer. Now what? Don't let it become just another stat you never see. Alien Awards is a service run by and for sim racers, creating clearly printed plaques on solid surfaces, something you can display proudly to mark a major victory and show off your team and sponsors. Whether you're an individual driver looking to create a memory or a league owner looking to take your season to the next level, Alien Awards can help. These are quality awards. I know because I've won one. There are no setup or design fees, and shipping in the U.S. is free. Take your sim racing career to new heights. Visit alienawards.net. That's alienawards.net. This episode is also brought to you by the Bad Weather Brewing Company, located in St. Paul, Minnesota. Bad Weather Brewing Company serves up craft beers such as the Fog of War Hazy IPA or the Immortal Toast infused White Stout. And some of the best design cans you'll see by the way. For the full tap list and to grab your mug, visit
2: badweatherbrewery.com.
1: the apex and uh rob i want to take a moment to uh appropriately be happy that you were back in the studio with us
0: well you couldn't show up before in front of her (laughs) do you want to look like a sissy in front of your new friend
1: i I guess i guess you're (laughs) right i I can i can accept that um what what an hour over an hour with with nick um talking about sim to real racing uh in a real progression um I don't know what, what the hell, well, I know what Patrick's doing. Patrick is racing NIS tonight on iRacing. He is being a pure sim racer. And after four weeks away from the studio, four weeks away, Patrick is not here. I know, like,
0: Patrick. he couldn't do NIS the other weeks? Like, Yeah. Jesus Christ, Pat.
1: He's yeah. probably not even oh, to listen God. to it. He probably won't even hear this. He, no, he won't. Not. He won't. Uh, we, we know where his loyalty is really yeah. What? What are you doing? It's man? one of those other shows. Yeah, one of, the, one of them other shows uh so patrick's not here you i'm sure you noticed his absence everybody um but we've got bradley uh myself and robert gregory gregory uh, with them. gregory fuck you
0: you can pronounce you can pronounce loyman's but you can't say gregoire <laughs> <laughs> Grego-
1: gregoire
0: gregoire robert,
1: robert robert gregoire, it's robert gregoire. Yeah. uh so, a lot has happened. So, I'm well, I guess we for you, Rob, we didn't have you away for, for too long because you were on the phone, uh, in Watkins Glen, right? Right, talking about that Montreal experience. Uh, but I don't even know where to start as we kind of do a free for all in this in the typical second half of the show. Um, because a lot has been going on in, in both the sim and in the real world. Uh, I feel like where we left off, uh IndyCar was something that you were hot on. I'm still and hot on IndyCar. Has, I know you are. Uh, and we've been to an IndyCar race since we've last talked. Wait, aren't they in Toronto this they week? Are they in are in Toronto this week. That's why you're hot for them. They're close to you. No, right? Rob's been hot for IndyCar for a minute. Yeah, for a minute. He has. He's got the hots for IndyCar? He sure has. You should IndyCar too, Bradley. You should, should too.
0: To go. Oh, you are, I do you really want to do that conversation? I, Let's met, do it. I
1: met Scott McLaughlin. Let's do that conversation. No, McLaughlin? McLachlan. McLaughlin. Whatever. Mc- McLaughlin. McLaughlin. I yeah. met the man. I met yeah. the man. I have his shirt. He signed a koozie. Raleigh touched him. I did, actually. He touched him physically. I touched the small of his back. Yeah, he touched him physically. It's <laughs> uh, the most sensual part of the back, if you didn't know. It really, yeah, it, it really is. Yes, correct.
0: You hear that uh, scatty? But no.
1: Well, it's kind of I cool did. though, because Scott is our
0: first pro sim racing competitor. If our was, first twenty-four yeah, hour race, he absolutely wiped the floor right. with us. Yeah,
1: that was the race that we met Rob. The first yeah. race we ever ran with you. Yep. Yeah. Scott McLaughlin won, won the race in a. Pro yeah. What was race. he doing in that split? Right. Yeah, there was an iRacing racing glitch. That's why. Yeah, yeah. or maybe just. Oh, started, we sure right? didn't belong there. No. We sh- we certainly didn't belong there. But we finished the race. I thought Bradley would say something to Scott at Mid-Ohio about the race. But it's a thing. I, yeah. You get ooh, how much.
0: Scott, I was in just- a race with you. But that's why, that's why he didn't do though. it. Because he would probably think that he would sound just like you did there. Like, ooh, I yeah. Yeah, raced against well, no, you. I did, though. I told the story. Hey, Scott. I'm uh, but Bradley, it would have been no. a perfect moment for you to, like, to do that uh, from Spider-Man doing the william yeah. defoe you know i'm um, something of a racer myself
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the best i bet i could take you on this fucking track <laughs> no uh well, we we kind of talked about that on our very short mid-ohio episode where i was kind of thrown off by that media guy that stormed in and then i i just totally lost myself and started answering the questions for scott <laughs> <laughs> Like this, like, this man wanted my input because I could sense yeah. that this man made the wrong decision in approaching him while he was greeting fans, which, I mean, admittedly, uh, obviously, he's not a, he doesn't have a huge following in the U.S. currently, um, although he's he's a great driver. He's, he's oh, yeah. obviously going to have a lot of wins under his belt in IndyCar. He's found the place that he belongs. Um, but, I mean, there was just a handful of us there, and he gave us all time, like we talked about on that episode. But, yeah, it was... It was a little bit of, uh, how do I approach? What, what do you say to the man when he actually comes out? Part of the fun of it was the chase of it, of trying to get him to come out and acknowledge us. And then when he did, Ooh. it's like, what do I do now? That's oh, I find, yeah, it was as creepy as fuck. What you <laughs> yeah, exactly. The best part's
0: the chase. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, <laughs> Tyler, Tyler was worse. because We didn't talk about this on the, sh- on the Mid-Ohio bit that we did. It was only 20 minutes, but 30. there was, I think we might've mentioned it. There was a moment, uh, during that where we, we saw him in the hauler doors opened, and we were all craning our necks to see who was in the hauler with its mirrored doors. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where he was in there and Tyler shouted, there he is, <laughs> which, only, which only could have logically been followed. up <laughs> Let's get him. <laughs> Fire. Shoot. There he is. Get the net. Oh my god. Let's get him. Ah.
0: <laughs> oh my god. I how that went. That's, That's too not funny. how that went. That's how it was gonna oh go. Oh my god. <laughs> there. It is. I'm crying there it is. a little oh. bit.
1: <laughs> he was a nice man yeah he was, he was a, a nice very man. nice new zealander
0: well i know when you said he's where he should be it's a good segue because i've been pushing a lot over the last couple of weeks mainly on twitter where i have like 80 bot followers
1: um oh, no, rob you get in twitter fights every other thing. yeah
0: i know it's just i get bored um but this was important <laughs> just more rob, of a, just more a, s- a subtle campaign just putting it out there that they need to. McLaren needs to take a shift and take one of their drivers and take him to F one. And we need to bring Danny Rick to IndyCar.
1: Oh, that mean people would love that. It would. He he sees he
0: loves North America, proper racetracks or Vettel. Like these guys who seem some of these kind of guys who are like they're not old but they're like the older of the grid in F one. And yeah. Daniel's clearly obviously struggling for something. And I just. So, it, Col- Colton Herter
1: Colton Herta was in a McLaren F1 car this week.
0: Yeah, they have that he previous a lot of lap. Yeah. at Portimao. Yeah, because they just made that previous year's car testing regulation to allow them to use the previous cars to do this type of thing. But Pato had already done it, right?
1: He had, yeah, yeah. So, Pato's done it. Colton Herta. I mean, I mean, Pato's not American. For for Americans like Bradley and I, uh, spe- specifically for me, we've been teased by the U.S. That F1. was so elitist. Well, the look are, like for Americans, you got like Lance us. Stroll and Nicholas Latifi, Rob. Yeah. yeah, thanks. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that?
0: I don't know. It's uh, it's tough to say with those guys. Like obviously Latifi, he's done after this year. There's nothing you can do. About it. Oh yeah, it's. I'm pretty sure that's already. I'm assuming that's already done. If I had to guess,
1: I would love to see Jamie Chadwick take his place. Is that a hot take?
0: That's that's pretty cold, if you ask me.
1: Okay, well, yeah. I don't even know she who that go is. Go so. to Hell right.
0: Oh, she just dominates the W series.
1: Yeah. Oh, she's a nice lady. Just
0: it's if you just look at the what most people do. Like technically, you could go right to F one, I guess. It does. It can happen, but there's so many other progressions through that because, like, the W series is the slowest of all. Of them I'm pretty sure it goes W series F three, even in just terms of performance. So I'm assuming you wouldn't take someone from the W series, not just because they're a woman, but just strictly based on the machinery that you wouldn't. That's, it doesn't seem like the logical progression to go from W series all the way to F1, that you'd probably go to F3 or F2 first.
1: Yeah, Tyler. <laughs> <So> what's <laughs> going <laughs> on over there? there? What are you doing? Getting Snapchats <laughs> from your lady friend. <laughs> 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 Rob is uh, getting to the core things. Um I'm, I'm distracted by the cat behind Rob. <laughs> Nobody can see this, but us. we have video here. There is a small cat jumping around behind Rob. Well, there's another video. cat that I you can't see, and it's show. jumping
0: around with that. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty yeah. sure Rob gives his cats DMT before he joins the show. <laughs> um, that sounds like a Rob thing to do. Well, I don't um, know what that means, but... <laughs> <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> we know why you go off camera, Rob, every 20 minutes. Whatever. Um patrick's not here to hold us down um yeah Uh, (laughs) well i was talking about usf1 drivers I mean, Colton Hurd is
0: the guy. Well, it would make sense to put Colton, but you could put Pato too. Like either way, I just think to getting getting Daniel into IndyCar, I think would be interesting. I don't know if he'd even want to do it, but like I assume he would I mean, like to be in North America. Like he seems like he enjoys it when he's here. He really leans into it. Yeah. He's going around doing interviews on the View and shit.
1: I think here's what here's here's a quick half drunken hot take, and you tell me what you think about this, Rob. Okay. I just thought of this just now. We need to do a version of racing swingers, where where they no where they no, where they all IndyCar drivers race F1 cars, and all F1 drivers race the IndyCar, and they swap the schedule for like a couple weeks. I see. I would. Rob, what do you think? I think it'd be a little too
0: complicated. I mean, mean, you
1: call that swingers? That's because that's what you're swapping. You're 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 trading.
0: You're trading. Yeah, your your wife swapping.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's. I mean, that's. a would cool, be cool. I think I would,
0: it would be much simpler. Maybe like I was people like we've talked about before. Like, what do you do with Monaco? Like, Monaco is just a processional race, right? It's like let's just put them all in super carts. The most super f- carts car. like karting, super carts car. like the fastest carts that you're gonna get, like fast carts, super carts. I'm pretty sure it's what now they're called talk. yeah I think that would be the best way like it'd be cool like if they had something like that like an all-star race something like that each year where it's like everyone got in identical machinery and you truly got to see where people's pace was and like karting is the most like fundamental like natural racing that almost all those guys started with it'd be cool to see them all do it every once in a while I can't disagree with that something like I just like, obviously Bradley's idea would be probably more spectacle but uh, yeah. it, you, you yeah. couldn't make that work but anyway, IndyCar is better right now, or I guess overall, I think IndyCar is better than F1, purely just based on the, I can, you can reasonably guess what a podium will be in F1 on any given weekend, especially if you've taken in practices and qualifying and stuff. In most cases, especially if you know the track, like you can be reasonably sure what the top three to five are going to look like. In IndyCar, you can. You just can't. On any weekend yeah. I just have no like you can be like, Okay, well, Pat and Colton and this like they're gonna be at Newgarden and Pillow, like they're gonna be near the top. But like in a lot of cases it's just like the order and what's gonna happen, it's completely unknown. And if you told me you knew what the podium was gonna be, I would call you a fucking liar. Yeah. I agree. So that's for me, it's just at- the unknown of it. It's, it's actually watching something unfold and not knowing what's going to happen next entirely. And wait, like all like the additional pit stops and everything. It just, I find the format for it just provides better racing for people to watch anyway. Whether drivers agree it's better to actually race, and I don't know.
1: I mean, I mean, look at what we had at Mid Ohio. I was geared up for Pato to just take the pole and win like your typical F1 for, you know, progression and then the uh, mclaren's shit the bed they literally caught on fire they did yeah well, one of them did yeah, yeah. So, so i mean and it's, it's i like chevy engines right and i like watching uh, indycar racing more i think like i enjoy the indy cars themselves over the formula 1 cars yeah and the the, the aero, aero screen everything about them i prefer the appearance of the indy car over the the new formula 1 car they
0: need a new chassis though they do. They do. Yeah, it's dated now. What twenty eleven?
1: Yeah, because Scott. I mean Scott Dixon. Uh, this was something that happened maybe earlier this year. Uh, Scott Dixon was was fairly critical of of what they have, and he he kind of described it as maybe a uh, IndyCar, the current car, the the current Delara being a like a feeder series to F one type of thing. Uh, if you if you search it out there, there's a quote and. Uh, probably an article about that but scott dixon was pretty critical and i i trust scott dixon based on his obviously his experience uh so yeah they do need to do some changes there well, there's a new
0: chassis Have uh, right? to get a new engine next year like
1: i know they're trying to get more oems oh, okay they're trying to get more than just honda and chevy yeah which would be really nice like who but even then that's just, the uh, that's
0: just the engine manufacturer who really cares in the end like to watch the racing does it really matter to yeah, us what's under anything. the hood
1: thing. Yeah, I so don't. Being, I don't actually pull for just yeah, the Hondas or just know, the Chevys. I but don't. They they obviously that. put something in store for that. Um, you hear it whenever a Honda or Chevy wins. They plug. They plug. Oh, them. it's for for sure. Um,
0: there's there's a there's an upside to someone getting in on it if they're willing
1: to. But there there was uh, I, I forget if it was Sportscore 365 or Racer. Um, there was an article that came out I think today uh, about IndyCar tried to do the kind of spec chassis but manufacturer. Arrow, and it didn't really work out and it's been scrapped and then Emza has uh really succeeded with that the spec chassis but the manufacturer Arrow with the uh prototype. Yeah. And, and we're seeing that now as the uh all the prototypes start to trickle out. Um Lanky Turtle who's a really well-known YouTuber for good uh video content in Florida uh, at Sebring and Daytona. He made it was kind of cool to see. I've watched his videos a lot because he does really good pure sound videos. Uh, But he finally made the the front page of Sports Car three sixty five because he got video of the new Cadillac and Porsche uh, GTP cars, which sound great by the way at Sebring. Sound fucking amazing. Oh, the 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 Cadillac sounds like we hoped it would. Cannot win. The Porsche sounds good. It sounds good. And I saw uh, the new Acura as well. I didn't see a video of that. You I saw have pictures. To share that with pictures. Me. Pictures. Okay. Looks wonderful. Um, all I could say is Daytona is going to be exciting, seeing all there these cars go by for the first time. The um, BMW, the Porsche, Acura, uh, Cadillac. Yeah. Who else do we have? There's so Ferrari, many. Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, Peugeot, Is Lamborghini still doing theirs. Lamborghini and, and another year. Okay. They're a little behind. That's just, um, that's incredible though to see that many prototype cars yeah style cars with these manufacturers it's, when right now it's so limited. Yeah. without a doubt considering we lost mazda so but how much really right mean, now we if you went that left way left. with
0: indycar would you lose some of the magic of you what the so? racing was because well if you're going into okay. aero like i know everything's obviously still going to be have regulations but it's like indycar right now is so close because there's not development wars the only thing you really, I think, develop on your car is like your dampers or something like that. It's pretty boring shit, but it's like... The, if you do a complete aero package, even if the chassis itself is spec, it's like there's... It's just going to... It'll increase the cost for every team. And not every team's going to be able to absorb that. Not an IndyCar.
1: I think... Well, here, here's my take, and this is not a hot take. I mean, uh, IndyCar is doing real good to me. IndyCar doesn't need any anything to change necessarily. The fields are large... I mean, we're losing, as of now, we're, we're going to lose Tatiana Calderon because of Rocket, really. It's a sponsor financial issue. Nothing more than that. Um, uh, it seems like we're going to keep Kyle Kirkwood. I hope so. Kirkwood seems to be very promising, and I can't wait to see him in, at Andretti next year. Um, but the, Indy, the uh, IndyCar field is strong, and it's been strong. It's been exciting to see those races uh, throughout this year. Uh, we're going to hit the fourth one for me. Uh, all, all three of us will be there in Nashville in a few weeks. Yep. Uh, and that'll be our, the end of IndyCar for us this year as far as in person. Uh, but it's a healthy field. Uh, the sponsorships seem healthy. I mean, how many IndyCars uh, we saw, it, it frustrates us. I guess I shouldn't complain about it, but it frustrates me to see, and I, I know I see it on the, the IndyCar Reddit. Uh, it's frustrating to see that a lot of the IndyCar drivers will change liveries dramatically. Uh, race yeah. to race uh and i mean i think it's they are confusing it's confusing when you're, when you're watching in person yeah it's confusing because you think uh when you think of liveries or paint schemes you think of f1 you think of nascar and, and in each of those it's a trademark type of thing it's a it's a immediately familiar it becomes famous to you i mean you think of in nascar you think of the jeff gordon dupont jimmy johnson lowe's type of thing um uh, and, and f1 obviously the two cars the the, the team cars and their team liveries uh, but in indycar they they swap around so much some of the teams because um, it's america freedom motherfucker i know that <laughs> and, and and the thing is we've talked about it i've talked i've You're saying formula one is so repressed Watch what why i call indycar formula america I like that. I'm not going to... We After having gone to an IndyCar race, I'm not going to dispute that. Yeah. No, but... IndyCar is Formula America. I want when that... You, when you get on the ground,
2: it's yeah, Formula America. It is.
1: It is. But this is the... I want that purity. But at the same time, I recognize that if we didn't have really supportive and motivated and paying sponsors and things like that, that none of this would happen. No matter what. It doesn't matter what the drivers how they are, what whatever it might be. Yeah, but you also in IndyCar, like you get one
0: per team like running multiple teams kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I guess it is an F one too, like their sister you team and stuff. It. Yeah, it's it's true. It's just why I don't know. IndyCar I think is fine. Like, I don't think they can change too much. Like the new it'd just be cool yeah. to get a new looking car to go with the new engine. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's gonna be hard to be like, oh there's a new engine. You just can't see it.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's I think I think uh so Bradley being somebody that was lukewarm on I don't Bradley was lukewarm on anything but IMSA. Is that fair? Bradley? Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Fair. Yeah. Um have you warmed up to IndyCar more after seeing Mid-Ohio? Absolutely. Um I know Bradley said something that that we walking agree. around the paddock helped because helped, that yeah. that gives me the that experience with IMSA and everything else, sports car racing is what draws me to that, the openness of it. Obviously we had to pay a little extra money to get in there. Yeah. but it's the same it's vibe still there yeah, it's the same vibe except there's the little extra hype that the drivers are more famous sure. so for us like we talked about earlier it's more of the chase of what drivers can you catch and get autographs and such things like that um yeah rob's laughing at that. that. it's, the, it's the thrill of the chase I'm stalking Scotty. the thrill Walker. of the chase it's yeah. prey and <laughs> you probably just stop Predator, <laughs> it's, it's, it's predator, prey and predator. predator yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: Punch it okay. out, folks. Punch
1: it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to jail. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, I, ladies and gentlemen,
0: I just think Indy, Indy-, Indy- Racing Edition. IndyCar just got to do a better job of bringing eyes in. Like that's that's clearly what it comes down to, because all motorsport is hinged on TV rights almost exclusively yeah. in a lot of cases, especially IndyCar. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the biggest thing. Why do they have things playing in? A Sunday in the afternoon, and F one beats a shit out of them in the ratings when a race on at nine a.m. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's
1: it's Indy, tough. IndyCar stands a really good chance if, if the viewing is right. So so Rob, you're in Canada. Yep. What's yep. are you able to view IndyCar? Oh yeah, convenient? yep.
0: Good. Yep. NBC cover has it here, so that gives me hope. Yeah. And you can watch? I oh. think in Canada you can watch a lot of it online for free. Like just like MZ, like MZA TV TVs free in Canada.
1: Good, because I agree with you, Rob. Am I more fired up to watch the start of an IndyCar race than I am to, to watch the start of an F one race? Yeah, most likely. The, the lights out and away we go for an F one race. I'm I'm pumped for. But the full IndyCar race, I'm pumped for.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: The entire race. I wish, like
0: I don't know, just like they, they they're able to do things like like refueling one thing i love about indycar you refuel and it just brings in different strategies and stuff right so it's like yeah. f1's just a little too predictable in the name of safety and i know that's obviously what it's always about like you need to be safe before anything else but it's like clearly other people can do it other uh organizations like why can't f1 have yeah. that type of thing like you watch Indy races sometimes they'll have three pit stops yeah that's amazing because pit stops are a huge part of where races you know wins and or you know people win and lose races or things happen it's in you know in laps and out laps and stuff right so it's just
1: more than a two second stop yeah yeah push the pass yeah (laughs) yeah push the pass way
0: better than the battery deployment in f1 racing wise
1: just wait wait ten years and they'll they'll make a pit stop to recharge the battery of the car. Oh good God. Oh that just made me sick. Yeah, yeah. Come <laughs> and did you th- Rob, in ten years when you're standing on the on uh, the straightaway, you'll just hear that little whine of the electric motor. That's formulae. Come on. But that's the future, is it not? I don't know. That's what's no. That's me and Tyler
0: have talked Perfect. about this before, and you must have been there. Is that we've always kind of hoped that, like, even yeah, as I'm things continue there. to electrify, there'll be enough support for motorsport Ooh. that we'll always, everyone will be able to agree for the most part, like that we should have this little carve out for the internal combustion yeah. engine. Yeah
1: yeah there will be a place if nowhere else it will be the only avenue for the combustible yeah, you that's the only place you'll ever hear those sounds again yeah and, and then we'll and then certainly at age 50 60 70 we old fucks will be there yeah exactly wondering ourselves to the sounds of these cars. okay thanks um <laughs> <laughs> the elephant in the room you lost me at old fucks. yeah the uh elephant I wouldn't the know what room, that is i apologize to our supporters uh the elephant in the room, really, uh, when we're talking IndyCar this week, uh, I, I mean, hell, there's there's a lot to talk about when you're talking about IndyCar. There's, there's the connection to F1 when you get Colton Herter in a, a McLaren over this past week. Uh, but it's it's that Alex Plow story. It's the uh, who's going to McLaren, who's going to uh, Ganassi, uh, is Andretti Autosport imploding, and therefore is the Andretti Formula One goal imploding. Uh, I feel like that IndyCar is really the top of the uh, the news news feed in Motorsport news over the last couple of weeks.
0: well, for me anyway, I know I go on Twitter and it's all I fucking see, so that's just because based what I look at. so but yeah, it's, well, it's, there's know, lots of news for it. It's silly season or whatever you want to call it?
1: yeah, i I, I mean, I don't have a hot take for the pillow uh, situation. I think everybody that's anybody that would listen to us. Knows the situation. Yeah, yet. I don't have anything insightful on it. Ganassi, Ganassi claims below. McLaren claims below. Uh, we had, I guess, the biggest thing to me was uh, people that follow and try to keep up with the silly season on uh, Twitter slash Reddit. Uh, it was hinted by, I want to say it was Tony Canon that hinted uh, that we would all be shocked by the third era McLaren SP driver because uh, we, we know that. Obviously, we know Rossi's going, we know Pato is staying, uh, and we know Rosenquist is staying with McLaren, but uh, although it's not officially announced, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion to most people uh, that Rosenquist is going to form the new McLaren Formula E uh, and not the IndyCar. I, I think that's safe to say. It's not controversial. Um, so then we know there's a third era McLaren SP IndyCar, so who's going there? And then that was answered, kind of, this week with Alex Pillow. Uh, and Kanan or somebody teased that it would be a shock to us. Uh, the speculation I saw uh, was that Scott Dixon would be that person. And everybody was shocked by that because, obviously, he's he's older and maybe towards the end of his career. Yeah, But a stable and solid, reliable driver. You can still win. Uh, yeah, no no doubt. Uh, and I want to say I saw a, a rumor of Pelot or a mention of Pelot, but it's, it's speculation. Well, now we know that's what uh, at least Pelot and McLaren want. Uh, but now we have the pissing match between Zach Brown and Chip Ganassi, uh, which everybody's pretty much, I think, from what I gather, everybody thinks it's going to be settled in court, which is really kind of yeah, a... Yeah, and a that's why I food. find
0: just it's food. not even interesting to me. It's like it's this inside politics. Like, what the, what does it mean to me that you got these two teams arguing over who's going where? It's like, just tell me where yeah. he's going when you know. That's but, how I kind like, of felt about want, it. Like, if it's going to go to court, it's like, I'm not going to follow that. It's,
1: yeah, I feel like if, if you're into politics... And you, I mean, we want to stay away from court. We see enough court in
0: politics. Yeah, so wow, it's are uh, not a big court fan. If you're
1: here. if you're a major league baseball fan, you're tired of negotiation drama, the, like the, because you have lockout. The
0: Andretti stuff is interesting to me because it's about what's happening on track.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can see it. Rojan it's like, versus Rossi. Yeah, like I can't. We saw that in person in Mid Ohio. He did, in fact. And apparently, we they were, were actually there. Imagine yeah. That. Apparently, there was a dramatic meeting at Mid Ohio. Yeah. Uh, I heard about that. I did hear, I read about yeah. how angry they were. Michael Andretti was like, Where the hell is he? Yeah. Uh, to Rossi's father. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, they know Rossi is going to McLaren next year. He's self sabotaging the yeah. team. Yeah. He was, Grosjean has the drama of, of everybody's talking about Grosjean's too aggressive yeah. in IndyCar
0: and he is like what do you think of that? he had that one really bad moment there what was that was it Rod- where was that at was it Barber or I forget where it was Where no we were he Barber was it Barber yeah he had that one bad yeah. moment where he like banged buddy coming out of the turn and then again went into him like it was clearly intentional like I
1: mean he kind of went into Rossi didn't he or Rossi went into yeah like I think that. Rossi, Rossi had pick.
0: multiple incidents I'm pretty sure in the last race didn't he
1: pretty sure it was Rossi, yeah, he pinched him a little bit Rossi at this point Rossi doesn't care that, that it's Andretti well I he wonder if he was care was Grosjean could be I think you're right because it's you heard after
0: own. that as it's Barber you heard a couple of the guys talking like he's, he's he's earned he that he earned had a reputation of driving like an ass more or less to yep. steal a term whenever he was over in Europe and now that's more or less followed him over here and he was trying to make it sound like the paddock generally was disapproving of his of his driving but yeah. at the same time, I see him doing interviews and stuff on his YouTube channel with people, and they seem he's to still like him. Um, yeah, I don't. He's still a delightful man. He's not the greatest driver. He's not the worst. And like I said, everyone's got bad moments. So I don't know. I've seen I've seen Roman
1: in the paddock a couple times now, up close in person. He's always so happy. He stalked him. He's always smiling. He's so he's happy. followed the man. He's so happy. Net ready. He's so happy. I mean. You can't I mean, he can't. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. He's got the smile of a hero. Yeah, and you see a lot of a lot of Grugan jerseys out there. Yeah, you, you do see those. People still love the man, the Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, it's right. It's absolutely right. Uh, to some, he can do no wrong, and uh, he's. I mean, the fans like him. Uh, the drivers seem to have a different take. Uh, he's fun Who to cares watch. What they think? I mean, hell what, would, he, what would they know? He was fun to watch at uh, uh, Gateway. He was fun to watch at uh, Laguna Seca last year, so I'll take that. I'll take that all day long. I don't care what the drivers think. His co-drivers think of him. Uh, uh, if he makes makes it entertaining to watch, like he did in those those couple of races last year in the Dale Coin car, uh, keep that coming, and we're and I'm good with him. I have no complaints. Rob, you look like you're deep in study.
0: Yeah, I was just—I pulled up a little short clip of the Grosjean Rossi incident because I was just (laughs) so—I was like, "What happened in that?" And he pinched her. He pushed Grosjean off the road, but then like the next lap, he—who was it? They took out. He took him (laughs) right off the road. They both went out. So.
1: Yo, they did. Yeah, the
0: second. Yeah, so it's yeah, it was definitely Rossi that time. It was his fault, but like, yeah,
1: I'm sure they had the chat about it. Uh, well, all I mean, did. I mean, obviously, one thing is for certain: Rossi is is short lived for Andretti, obviously, yeah. and Grosjean is probably going to be there for a minute. So we got that. Um, Rob, you're not going to the Toronto Indy Grand Prix this weekend. I am not. I am uh, not. It's just too many but, trips. Con- yeah, constellation. You're coming to Nashville in a few weeks. Nashville. We will be laying physical eyes on you in a few weeks in Nashville. As, as long opposed, as it as, yeah, as long as it's just eyes, virtualized, <laughs> we'll uh, we will touch you in three weeks, Rob. <laughs> please stop. <laughs> please we'll have. Stop. The, please stop. <laughs> Let me rephrase. We'll have the ability to touch you. Yeah, the ability. You can at least think Whether about it. Execute that. execute yeah. that is to be determined. <laughs> yeah, the ability and the opportunity. We're gonna give Rob a big hug. Yeah, yeah. I can take Pick that. him up from the airport. A lingering, uncomfortable. Oh uh, no! Yeah, no. Yeah. No. no, oh for sure. Rob's Rob's tuning you out right now. Rob,
0: I just saw an article something about Frankie Muniz trying to drive again.
1: <laughs> he's driving. Yeah, he's been driving late. Mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mal- Malcolm in the Middle drives late. Yeah, interesting. I did not You're know. You're trying that. to get an NASCAR ride, a- ride oh, somewhere. Did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyler invited Frankie Muniz on the show. I mean,
0: you, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you, uh, I would die. I Malcolm, would die. Bro, I wouldn't even be able to talk. Yeah. I just
1: sit there, like, but-
0: <laughs> I mean, I loved
1: Malcolm in the Middle. That show was unreal. Oh, Go back and watch Most it now. Brian it's Trenton. still unreal. Why don't you ask Brian Cranston to be on the show? Yeah. <laughs> did you see him as a racer all that time? No. I Maybe mean, we could do we it. Yeah. Talk about late let's get him on the show about podcasting for let's his Malcolm. Let's do a Malcolm, do a Malcolm in Malcolm. the Middle reunion on Into the Apex. <laughs> the thing you would least expect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> would put us on the map. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Fans, fans of Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, I guess I'll listen to this racing podcast. <laughs> he does, he, he does, he does drive late models. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Um, all right, oh, good. Uh, that's what, I think that I think they don't think we can go anywhere else they, Yeah, uh, that's, um, I'm tickled <laughs> um, I bet you are. <laughs> Keep, uh, keep asking him to come on the show. I, I won't stop. I'm going to start. Rejecting. I'm going to
0: start harassing Frankie Muniz to come, You know, to come on the show. Like this, on Twitter, Twitter every on? day. Every question? day, I'm going to tweet at him. I'm doing it
1: every fucking day. Uh, in Frankie fact, Munez. in fact, all listeners of this show, if you have Twitter, please, please <laughs> tweet Frankie Muniz and hashtag <laughs> into the Apex and ask him to be on the show. <laughs> and maybe he will get on the show. Maybe. And we'd probably have a great time with him. Oh, for sure. Please, it's please, true. please Twitter harass this man in a polite way. <laughs> please. Oh, my God. In a nice way. Oh, my God. Show your support for this man. Yes. In yes. his racing career. Correct. Correct. I think what we should do from now on is just invite random people who have nothing to do with racing onto the show. Well, I don't know about that. I know. Really? That's a stretch. That's a stretch. Good night, Thanks for Bradley. bringing me back to reality Good night, very quickly. <laughs> Good night. Thanks for bringing me back. Uh, Rob,
0: we appreciate you. Yeah. We've missed you. Missed you guys so.
1: Pa- we miss well, Patrick a little past. less. Yeah, I miss him a little less now. That I
0: know he just didn't come.
1: Yeah, yeah he, he chose he chose in he, he chose he chose iRacing. Yeah. iRacing's always there for you. Yeah. Into the Apex is not always there. I feel like you. I feel like Patrick is Airbud when he but he chose not the kid. He chose the other guy. <laughs> what? He chose the clown guy. Do you even remember what Yes, guy? he chose the clown guy. Who's the clown guy? Airbuds original owner. What you talking about <laughs> we we were t- we you, were everybody years knows years what old. i'm talking about shut the hell up we were 10 years old patrick did not choose the kid patrick chose the other guy the adult yes oh you gotta choose that abused kid, the man. dog you gotta choose the kid yeah patrick chose poorly rob looks confused i just out the Bruce tweet do- to frankie oh, <laughs> yes <laughs> what's the hashtag uh, rob what's uh, no the hashtag? No hash- oh no hashtag Okay. Yeah, Rob doesn't that. know how to tweet. What are you talking no, about? Rob how to tweet. Rob is a Twitter troll. I'm not a troll. Rob is a prof- <laughs> I, is all I Every other day, I see I open up the Into the Apex Twitter and I see Rob Gugor tweeting troll tweets to Eric Weinstein. <laughs> it's not Eric. It was Brett Weinstein. One of the ones. And he, and he one and guess Weinstein. what?
0: He blocked me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We just can't uh, take to Yeah, We have not, we have straight from Sim Racing. Fun. Yeah, That's we fine. have. Uh, <laughs> it's been it's been long enough. I think we deserve our, our yeah, liberty. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> any, any other topics you want to hash no, out? <laughs> I think we're good. I think we've hashed it out. Uh, the second half of Into the Apex from the studio remains infamous. Thanks, guys. Uh, the first half, holy hell, uh, Nick was, was amazing. Uh, I think. Uh, as I said uh, towards the end of that interview all sim racers I think have somebody to pull for uh, in in IMSA and any other racing Uh, check him out Uh, check on into the apex.com for the road schedule we'll be in Nashville in a few weeks we'll be at Petit Le Mans VIR
0: maybe we might
1: pencil in some Indianapolis eight hours I don't know yet but uh, we may hell we may pencil in Eldora I don't know it's wide open Uh, it's uh, it's up in the air but uh, join us in the studio next week and, uh, and some weeks ahead till we get to Nashville. Nashville's going to be off the chain. Uh, Rob, cheers, Rob. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Everybody, back in the studio. We're approaching episode 100. We'll see you next week on Into the Apex.
0: You've been listening to Into the Apex. From Mad Jim Racing Media. Check out the show's upcoming road trips and join the community at IntoTheApex.com.